As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The Westwood One Podcast Network. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Hello there, Team Never Quit Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit Podcast. My name's Andrew, joined today by Marcus and Melanie Luttrell. Today, we've got Superman on the show. Can you guys believe it? It's going to be fun. I was, I was with him a few weeks back, man, at a thing, and uh, it's going to be good to talk to him again. You ready to have Superman on, honey? Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. All right. So Superman, Dean Kane. we're excited to have him on today's show. But before we get to his interview, we are going to ask The Patreon question of the day, and today's question comes from Tina, and she asks, where in America have you not been, 
that you've always wanted to visit or vacation to? What do you got? Oh, I know. Um, I've actually never been to the Pacific Northwest. And I've always wanted to go up there, like uh, up through Oregon. Like Washington, Oregon? Yeah, Washington. I've never been up there. Man, it's beautiful. I know. I remember when you sent me pictures from, you had a speaking engagement, and you sent me pictures of some lake, and it was just so beautiful. I was thinking about that the other day out there on those cabins. Way, way. Remember that? I had to fly in and drive mm-hmm. up and fly over again in those cabins up there. Yeah. I uh, would... That was right before we got married, right? Uh, we were married. I was pregnant. It's kind of around the same time. <laughs> 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 those things all ran together, I'm pretty sure. Yes. And I really want to take the kids like on a across America uh, road trip. My grandparents... Every summer from the time they retired, actually, I don't even think they were retired when they started it. They were school teachers, so they had summers off. Once the kids were grown and out of the house, they started taking road trips throughout the year. They would plan it. I'm talking no internet. They would order uh, a catalog from different visitor centers or whatever. They would have an atlas, map out their route, and from Louisiana... They would drive all the way up to Washington State or Canada or they went to Maine driving their car from Louisiana. (laughs) They went to every state in the United States and they still do it. They're in their 80s. Oh, well, we were there the other day uh, for New Year's. And I remember I was sitting on the back porch of Poppy and and, uh, it was just me and him out there. And and Gam came walking out. Uh Uh-huh. And... uh, she kind of tagged him on. The, I stopped talking right then. She's and she got wrote him. She said, "Where where, where are we going this year?" And he's like, "Ah, I think we're gonna go north." Yeah, that's all I said. They drove <laughs> yeah, to like, Pennsylvania okay. last year. They're in their eighties. They drove to Pennsylvania yeah. and back in like I don't know for four days or something. But I would love to do that. I would love to take the kids and us to do road trips during the summer to different. I would love to go to every state. Yeah. Uh, Travis Pastrana and I did the Cannonball Run race up the all through the north. Man, this place is so beautiful. It's like each state is like going to something completely different. And uh, I haven't got a chance to run around through Mount Rushmore. Yeah, we want to do that this summer. And um, I like those uh, old cabin on a lake, tucked back in the woods, kind of themed. They go around and hit all the cabins from the movies when we were kids, like Great Outdoors and. <laughs> Yeah, Marcus and I actually looked up where the real... Like, what about Bob? Uh-huh, yeah, set locations from cabins. all of those movies are. And uh, a lot of them were filmed in Virginia. Oh, yeah. That whole area is, is amazing. It's I've never... funny because they say, like, the name of the lake, like Lake Winnipesaukee or yeah. whatever. But the film location was actually in Virginia. Right. That place is something, man. And I've been through Vermont, but I've never had a chance to... To go up in there, I came down through Canada one time and uh, into New York, but via long story passport thing. But anyhow, <laughs> yeah, but I would love to disaster, but see all of the United States. I'm very proud of our country. See, that's the thing is you can hit a state at a certain season, and then when you if you go back at a different season, it's it's something different, totally different. What about you, Andrew? I want to go to the place that y'all went to last year. Ah, uh, Big Cedar. So I was gonna throw that out. It, oh man, my god, the pictures! If you hadn't checked out Big Cedar Lodge, and I look, I get a chance to see. We we that's the beautiful thing about being blessed. Like we we got, man, they, they, we rolled up there to that place. I mean, man, it's Disney World for rednecks. <laughs> you ain't gonna believe it. You like being outdoors? I mean, this old boy. 
I was just, I couldn't believe it, man. We were just driving down it, through the on the golf course, man, and just cut into the mountain. He like dug a hole into the mountain, and then be a waterfall. I mean, through the top down. I mean, I'm talking hundreds of feet. Yes. And then there'd be a bar carved into the rock. You know, you get something to drink and come back, roll back out. And then at the end of the night, you go to the top of the top of the mountain. You look straight down through the Ozark. I mean, you, I, it is the coolest resort in the United States that I've ever been to. I'll probably have to agree with that. By far. I mean, you can go, you can do anything. The kids have things to do. The adults are oh, like. Oh, they got a go-kart track and the race cars and NASCAR. <laughs> And I mean, you can go out and rent a, a boat, get on the lake, ski. I mean, it, whatever you think you can do, would want to do outside. For like a summer vacation. vacation. It's absolutely perfect. I can't wait for us to go back. And People this are great. is not like an ad. We're not, we're not <laughs> yeah, exactly. ad plugging this. We are sincerely and genuinely fascinated with this place. They got an obstacle course where it's zip lines. Like, I look up and there's zip line over alligator pits. And this Real guy's alligators. Got, Yes. You can find every awesome. fish, every, every, like, it's unbelievable. I mean, he has gold, the golden pond, uh, the golden trout, like the, the river that flows through, there's buffalo running around. You're just sitting yeah, there driving Yeah, you can go out. fishing. Yeah, and can... they literally have golden trout beds. Like they fish, have a, uh, gold and there's a red one. And a... They have a gun range. You can go shoot skeet yeah. or, I mean, they have all kinds of stuff. It's literally, like Marcus said, a, a Disney world for rednecks. And we are... I mean, if you're not a redneck, you can still go. <laughs> Let's put that out there. Yeah, you don't have to... I mean, if you're not a redneck, that's okay. You can still go. Yeah. They'll yeah. accept you. It's so cool. that And the lodging is so nice. And everything, the ser customer service, everything was just amazing. Well, thank you for your question. Tina, if you guys want exclusive access to the show, bonus behind-the-scenes content, ask your question on the show, then you're going to join us on Patreon. We actually have a lot of cool stuff that we do there. Exclusive behind-the-scenes content, some really sweet swag, a unique challenge coin, a lot of other great things. If you'd like to join us there, you can head over to patreon.com slash teamneverquit. Let's get to that guest. Let's get to Superman. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Can we hear about 
you growing up and how you chose football and acting and how you got into all of that? Well, absolutely. You know, I my my story sounds really it's unique and it's just weird. It's because uh, I kind of thought everybody lived this way. I was born in Detroit, Michigan, but I moved out of there when I was uh, three years old. My folks, my mom, because my my father had flown the coop. Um, my mom and 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 her two kids at uh, three and six years old. She brought them out to Hollywood because she was going to be an actress. And um, she met this out-of-work actor guy who was ended up becoming my father, and he adopted us. And uh, he was a farm boy from South Dakota, and uh, he was out here trying to be an actor, too, and a singer. And then they ended up, um, one day when we were running around there um, outside of Hollywood, some a, a woman had gotten, um, uh, I guess, raped in the apartment complex next door. But we kids were out just running around playing, and we were playing cops and robbers with our our buddies who um, who were just a little bit older than us, my brother and I. And of course, we only had three little toy guns, and um, I didn't have one because I was the youngest. But I was resourceful, uh, and I I happened to find one in the little pond, and it was a real gun, and uh, and it was loaded, and I was pointing it at the other kids, and uh, my dad calls me over very firmly and sees that and takes it from me, obviously, and uh, we moved to Malibu that day. And um, the next day, I was I was growing up in Malibu, California, and I didn't know that was any different than any other place. And um, we were living in a trailer park, um, which seemed fine to me because all my other friends lived in those same kind of places and were all nearby. And we'd play all day outside, and we'd come in at nighttime. And uh, you, if you weren't here, you were at someone else's house and at someone else's house or down at the you know the playground. So I grew up in a really idyllic, unbelievable. Um, household in uh, an area in Paradise Cove, but it just turns out that some of the kids that I grew up, you know, with were Sean Penn and Chris Penn and Rob Lowe and Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez and all these kids who later on in life became uh, big actors. But but when we were in high school, is that it was the all Brad about Pack? Her. Is that what they called you? That's Brad... the whole Brad Pack. Brad yeah. Pack. Yeah, they all grew up a little ahead of me. And uh, and for me to see that, you know, I was just my two things that I ever wanted to do in my life that I was good at were going to school and uh, sports. So that's what I was looking at. I didn't even look at the fact that my dad started becoming a director and he'd make me be an actor in some of his movies that he'd make, but I didn't care to do that because I wanted to play football or baseball or basketball and run around. And, and uh, so he'd stick me in a bunch of these movies. So I became familiar with the movie business, but I didn't know that you could really make a living at it. I guess he did, but I didn't think about that. And uh, so I just wanted to be an athlete and go to school. Then uh, I, I was a very good athlete, fortunately, and did really well in high school, in a big high school that did really got a lot of attention. A lot of our players got tons of uh, scholarship opportunities, so I had a whole bunch of scholarship opportunities out of high school. And um, But I also did very well in school, and I started looking around and seeing where I could uh, go to school. And I was really fortunate um, to have tons of offers, but I also had some of the Ivy Leagues, so my grades were good enough, Ivy League schools were coming after me, and Princeton uh, came in late in the game. My buddy Alan, who was uh, as good an athlete as me and as as good a, as actually a better student, he and I would go on our recruiting trips together. He ended up choosing Stanford. I chose Princeton. Um, and then when I got to Princeton, I loved it. I loved it to death, and I could play right away. And um, uh, Alan ended up leaving Stanford and uh, stopped stopped playing football, which is it wasn't his thing. But my passion only grew in college for playing football. Um, and then. Um, and then I had a chance uh, while I was there, I watched all these other kids start becoming very famous. You know, my dad directed Young Guns and produced Young Guns while I was really? in college. Man, that's yeah. been on TV. Uh, I've been watching that a lot lately. 
Yeah, it's a it's a great movie. He did the first one, and all the kids would be like, instead of you talking to a director, they're like, yeah, Mr. Kane. They would call him that because he was our he was coach of our baseball team, of our basketball team, of our football team. So he coached all these kids too. So it was a real family thing. And I thought like everybody grew up, you know, being able to walk half a mile to the beach. I thought everybody grew up, you know, with that kind of a situation where you could just go outside and play all day. But I, but I was very, very wrong. And I didn't realize that until I got to college. And, and things were just so so different for the kids that I grew up with. And then uh, I did really well in college. Um, and uh, did really well uh, as a football player. I was an All-American, broke some NCAA records, got some NFL attention. So I went over to Buffalo. And uh, uh, when I got to Buffalo, I ended up getting hurt real early. And then suddenly, I'm 22 years old. The two things I've always done really well in my life, uh, go to school and play football, are gone. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. How'd you get hurt? Uh, my knee, my right knee, it still bugs me. It's a bummer. But uh, my right knee went, um, it was a little nagging injury, and I, and I took a weird hit one of the days in camp uh, at Buffalo. One of my own players hit me um, as I was making an interception. I made the interception, by the way. That's uh, right. <laughs> and uh, it just made my knee feel a little funky, just a little, it didn't hurt real badly. It just felt wrong. It just felt weird. It kept swelling up and going down, swelling up and going down. And finally, I had to have surgery. And um, I just, I thought I would always be able to come back and play football no matter what, like in the NFL. I didn't think that my time was over. Um, and then they, they ended up uh, keeping me on injury reserve until the, the playoffs. And then, uh, Right when the playoffs hit, they dropped me off the off of injury reserve, and I sued them for an injury grievance. I got paid, but that's pretty much if you do that, you're done. Your NFL career is done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was it. I had, I had a knee surgery, but it didn't really take because it was much more serious than we thought when we went in. And um, so then I was, you know, 22 years old and unemployed, and still thought I was going to go back to the NFL. But but uh, I was always, you know, that I, I'm, I'm a an optimist. Yeah. Ever the optimist. So I I didn't. In fact, that was on the third year of shooting Lois and Clark when I realized, oh, my God, I'm never going to make it back to the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) I was like 29 years old in my third year of uh, starring in a series, and I realized I'm not going to play in the NFL. I mean, that dumbness that I have is a a certain, um, I think, a a boon, a benefit. Yeah. (laughs) Because Uh, I'm sure, oh, I can go back right now. Uh, Well... You can look at it dumbness. I I I say that to you. I'm like, yeah, we got got to be half an idiot or dumbass to figure this most of this stuff out. Or that's why they say ignorance is bliss. I mean, it, some of it's so easy True. that if you try to overthink it a bit, it, uh, you'll miss it. I mean, you'll you'll it'll jump right past you. A lot most in every situation that you get into is is similar in, in every capacity. Ultimately, up until the point to where if something's going bad, if if you stop and either say, hey, look, I'm sorry, we shouldn't go down this road, or you know, push forward. But one minute you're playing Superman and, and Superman would love to go play football and guys who play football, you know, they, they are Superman. It's uh Oh yeah. It, you know, it's a, it's a crazy balance. Uh, you know, I went, one of the funny things is I went while I was playing Superman, I went over to, uh, to Buffalo. They asked me to come and be a honorary captain against Miami for the last game of the season. So that we, for the divisional championship. And I, we, you know, we left here in LA. It was, you know, 84 degrees we get to buffalo and it's snowing and nasty and but i go out to the night and, and i do the coin flip against dan marino and all the guys and we i think we won the coin flip and things are going on and andre reed hall of fame wide receiver mm-hmm. good guy good, real good guy he uh he catches a pass you know it's like third and nine he catches it at seven t- turns up and just gets blasted and he's about i don't know 
seven feet from me when he gets hit and blasted out of bounds. And he just, you could tell it hurt. He stood up. He was a little short. He just stood up and stood out of bounds next to me for about, you know, 15 seconds without saying anything. He was trying to recover, I guess, a little bit. And he just goes, so how do you get into that acting thing anyway? <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> Nothing that I do hurts as much as the hit you just took, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I realized that, okay, I'm probably not going to be playing this game again. Oh my gosh! <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, uh, you uh, you hosted Ripley's Believe It or Not, right? Oh yeah, for four years. How that was, was that? Is that, that awesome? I mean, what are some some stuff that they had that they didn't even put on there? I mean, there's there's something out there. You're like, hey, that's pretty cool. Oh man, well we would get sent because we were Ripley's Believe It or Not because we were a known name, a name like Ripley's. I grew up looking at those Ripley's and you know the, in the paper and stuff like that, and always oh, what's what's the cool thing? I would go right to it. And it's the strange and the unusual, and so everybody knows it. So we would get everybody, half the stories we got were sent to us. We, would, we have producers everywhere, but they were sent to us because we were a known name. And we would watch just hours and hours of tapes. The only thing is we couldn't show anything that was sexual in nature. Yeah, We could have done four different shows just on that, right. the weird stuff people would send us, and the things that are going. So anything that was sexual in nature or anything that kids couldn't really see, um, we had to, to, to keep out. I was going to do a... An, a spinoff show while I was doing the show, like a Too Hot for TV DVD version yeah. back when DVDs were a thing. And uh, I was, because there were so many that we had, but we ended up not getting that together. But it was, that was great fun. Something I sort of stumbled into because I didn't want to do it. Um, and they said, you know, would you, would, you be con- would you consider doing this? Would you consider doing this? And I said, look, the only way I would do it is if I could control everything, if I could do this, if I could make it feel like I wanted to feel and this, that, the other, and I want a whole bunch of money. And they go, okay, okay, okay. So I was like, okay, all right, here we go. Yeah. Well, and if it was too it, hot it, for TV, it wouldn't be on TV. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean that, that, it's kind of like when people say, you know, I, I would never say this, but if I did and say it, I'd say it like this. Well, then you just said it. I mean, I, it's funny when people throw it out that way. Just uh, I would have done it. I wanted to do that and sell it on DVD because just because people, uh, you know, if you can't, you, you know, it's the things that you know we get, we get. People don't realize, and I know you do, Marcus, uh, and Melanie, I'm sure you're aware of as well, but I mean, like, the stuff that we see as Americans on TV, even on the Internet, is very, very censored in a, in, in a way. And the, the horrible things that are out there that other people see, um, the awful things that happens and take place, um, whether it's uh, war or, you know, things that happen to people. That we, we get that stuff as kind of cleaned up and, and, and anesthetized to that stuff because they don't want you to see it. They're like, oh, it's disturbing images. Even on your Twitter or your Facebook or whatever, that feed, they say, oh, this is sensitive content, so don't look at it. Um, and in a way, people, that kind of hides people from the fact that there's weird stuff and terrible stuff going on out there. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's, that can be a – I understand the concept, but that can be also um, – a, a situation where people don't understand the repercussions of some of their actions, perhaps. Oh, well, we were at the vet the other day. One of our dogs got injured. We had to take him in there, and I was looking at a pamphlet. It was uh, had some animals on it, and the, and the said, um, protect them from danger, protect them for life. And and I, I kind of read it for a little bit, and I looked at Melly. I was like, hey, what, what does it say to you? Protect them from danger, protect them from life. And as parents... Uh, that's what you're supposed to do with everything you have. You, you protect it from danger and you protect it from life. But at a point, if you keep protecting it from danger, you're going to have to protect it from life. So there's a switch. I mean, you kind of, it's with the training wheels. You can take them off early and, and wreck and get scarred up, or you can ride that thing till the wheels fall off. Uh, mm-hmm. but, you know, either way, and each individual is perfect or uh, not perfect, but different. So they, they learn differently. That's by design. 
that's so everything's unique and it doesn't get boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? But at a point you gotta, there's that, that transition. It's just kind of like the leaving oh, yeah. the nest part. I got a 19 year old boy and, uh, he's out there in the real world now. I still got some training wheels on him, oh, cool. but, sure. uh, but he, he, uh, he's been kicking those off lately. And, uh, and it's a hard thing to, to let go, uh, for a kid, for a dog. I mean, you know, for any of that stuff, I got my sweet dogs outside. I got three dogs. They're so sweet. And we raised them since they were little baby babies. And the little, the two boys, their brothers, they, they remind me of, of, of you and your brother, Marcus, oh. <laughs> you and Morgan <laughs> running around out there. They're just crazy. Mm-hmm. And they run around like madmen and they're having a blast. But there was a gopher in the backyard. Gopher didn't make it. <laughs> you know, my sweet little babies running around having so much fun. Gopher out there. Gopher didn't make it. Oh. Uh, it was interesting to see them turn to their more feral nature uh, when when they saw that. It was right there, and it was, uh, and then it was over. We follow you on Instagram, and um, we have a 21 year old in college, so uh-huh. we definitely know how it feels like not being able to let go, but needing to let go and let them experience their thing. Like last night, he goes to LSU. And he was, oh, wow. yeah, he was at the game and he FaceTimed us while they were doing the LSU theme song chant in the student section and Marcus and I are in bed watching the game, but it was like, that is kind of cool that he's a senior at LSU and he's still FaceTiming us at the national championship. You know, most kids That's wouldn't insanely even. insanely <laughs> cool that he wanted to share that with you Oh, guys. man. Yeah. So cool. Hey, he loves his mother. I mean, and Doug, when it comes to the train wheels, like you said, with the kids, Melanie has the ability to get anybody on the phone. <laughs> No, so this day and age, even no, though the training wheels kind of fall up, man, she's got a low jack on that. She, she can find that kid in a foreign country. Because he, he's, he's such a – my oldest boy, is, he's, he's squared away. I, I like to say, you know, he kind of lives vicariously. I, I, I don't – I never did the celebrity thing, really. You know, I just kind of – how it is at this age, we like to hang out and kind of relax. But there is that younger version of him. He's out there just kind of – Yeah, he's <laughs> In the wind, you know what I mean? But <laughs> – you got to soil those oats somehow. and you know, just. But he's, at that age, man, you're supposed to have a lot of fun, but you want to temper it and tailor it into the point to where you, uh, you know, everything's in moderation. You can get, it can get away from you. But yeah, that. that but uh, as a parent, it is hard to watch your kid go off to college and oh, become their own. Yeah. Well, just remember, man, oh. always call home to your mama. Tell her that you love her. That's, that's, you keep doing that no matter how old you get, your life's going to be pretty easy. The minute you think your you life's going to be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And it keeps you grounded it in a does. good place. There's, no doubt. And, and there's some days you get out there in the real world, man, you get your ass whipped all the way back to your mother. It happened, it happened to me twice. So, <laughs> I mean, when guys get beat up, man, we don't go to our, our dad or our, our buddies. We go to our girls. I mean, that's why they're here. <laughs> of course. You know what I mean? If, if I get whipped bad, I don't go to my buddy because he'll be like, does that bother you? Because if it bothered you, I'll bother you. With it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I, I just keep picking yeah. on you about it. <laughs> Girl, take care of you. Yeah. Make you better. Get I mean, you strong again. That's right. That's why if you, if you upset one of them, stand by. Hell hath no fury. Yeah. You know where that comes from. <laughs> Even if she's not telling you she's upset. If your world's falling apart around you, it's because she's upset on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. You better figure it out. That's the Cajun Understood. voodoo I have. Understood and agreed. You know what I'm talking about? Man, my wife put the, that hex on me, man. All of a sudden, stuff start breaking. Everything going wrong. Too. At the end of the day, I either burn a finger or cut my hand or something. Be like, babe, what what are you upset about? <laughs> Just tell me. Tell me. Just tell me. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm taking some punishment over here. Yeah. Put the hex on you. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
I'm single, so I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Right. <laughs> well, fun. Um, we also want to hear about your um, your time with uh, our buddy, Chris Kyle. Oh, yeah. Well, they came to me and asked me if I was interested because I've been very vocal for my support of our military, our armed forces, and, and our men and women who are first responders and people in uniform. I've always been very vocal about that. I think because uh, I grew up, my grandfather was a commander in the Navy. My uncle was a, a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force. And um, I had great respect for them, and they were just wonderful people. And, and then they just had a, a sense of of duty and honor that I really appreciated, and I, and I sort of felt I carried around as a result. And uh, they came to me and said, hey, would you be interested in doing this show? Mark Burnett, um, who's a big-time producer guy and a friend of mine, and, uh, you know, I was 45, 46 years old at the time, and I was like, whoo, you know, do this? Do you want me to do this show? And why don't, why don't I just host it? And he's like, no, we want you to compete. I was like, oh, man, that's a lot to do. If you're really, if it's what you're telling me it is, you, where we're actually doing these military-inspired missions and really doing this stuff, all with live ammo, I, you know, it's just, it could be, it's a ton of work. And he's like, yeah, but I think you'd love it. Because Mark was a paratrooper, a British paratrooper, yeah. Mark Burnett was. And that's why he did Survivor and things. So and I always read, you know, I read uh, a lot of the, 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 the military books. And I, I took my, I was a history major in college, but I took my comprehensive exams in war and diplomacy. So, you know, this stuff is always, I find it fascinating and stories about um, people that, you know, people's stories like Marcus's story. Like I read Marcus's book way, way long time ago. And I, right when it came out, I thought this is an unbelievable book and, and my respect and, and my, you know, I put my, try to put myself in that position uh, of, of, you know, when I read Marcus's story, I was trying to put myself in his position. What would I be thinking? What would I be doing? Um, and then, then Chris Kyle's book came out and I immediately wanted to read that too. And I read it and it was like, it was, I thought it was amazing. And wow, it was incredibly, um, open and candid. And, um, you know, I thought that was amazing, but I, you know, I had, I had no idea Chris would be on the show. And they said, you know, we'd pair you up with some, some heroes and some things. And, I said, all right, you know, they're going to get, uh, they're going to have a big time commander come in there. And I'm like, oh, whatever. I, it didn't make any sense to me because I had never seen anything like that on television before. And I know how television is. It's just kind of goofy and fake. And then uh, we get there and we're in the middle of nowhere out here because we live in the desert in California. We, we're hours away in the middle of nothing and we're starting this thing. And we have to go through some like psych evaluations thing. I'm like, what the hell am I getting into? This is a little crazy, but okay. And then uh, they put us up in a couple of <clears throat> choppers, and these guys are flying around like they're in Vietnam, and they look like Vietnam era choppers. I'm like, what's going on? Uh, we're zipping around, and we're going real close to each other, and we're zipping over some 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 uh, Humvees down below. We can't see who's in them, who's around there, or anything like that. We come flying in, and they uh, there's a bunch of uh, badass looking dudes standing there. Uh, staring at us, a bunch of uh, dumb celebrity types. But all the celebrity types also were all professional athletes at one point in time. So all of us were. And we step out there, and I see this group of uh, of tough tough guys. And uh, at the very end, I see Chris Kyle, and I almost shit myself. Pardon my language, but yeah. I was like, most what people the did. Hell? If it, hey, most people did if he was staring at you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I've had to stare. Yeah, well, hey, if you, that, to... that dude was staring at you for longer than ten minutes, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Right? No doubt. You didn't want him to lock his gaze him. on you, man. <laughs> you know, I didn't want those eyes looking at me in a bad way. Right? Uh, not, a, not at all. 
but I got paired up with Chris, and I couldn't have been. I even said on day one, I'm like, he, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm paired up with Chris Kyle. I was like, are you kidding me? I could, I could lose the game, the, the, the show right now, and just be happy for meeting the man. You know, um, to me, he was a the hero. And then he turned into one of my favorite people on the planet. You know, we got to spend every day for six weeks together um, training and doing stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of downtime. And you're sitting around telling stories and just sharing stuff. And um, just a hell of a guy. And, and, and uh, it, it, you know, as an athlete, you know, you understand, like, I, there were some players in, in, in football who were great on the practice field. But then the game hit, and then just something happened to them. Their eyes got big as saucers, and they froze up, and they couldn't make the play, and they weren't there. I got better when the game hit. Like, it was natural for me. I felt this is right. And things slowed down. And At first, things seemed real fast, but then they slowed down, and I could really see everything, and it just was a really comfortable place for me. And I honestly believe that was what Chris was like um, in in a combat situation because we were doing these combat situation things and putting us in these situations, and sometimes we're on the range or we're here, we're doing this, and you know, as much as he is such a professional, he was always watching me to make sure something didn't screw up or go wrong or, you know, he, and he made sure I was trained correctly. And there was one time we were on the range and I had a, a squad automatic weapon and it was a, you know, big old machine gun. And we're going to rip the, we're ripped through a hundred rounds of a belt fed and we're going to just tear it up. And he was there with me and, and I'm just firing a little, you know, three shot bursts and three round bursts and, and, uh, we're on the range. So everything's safe and great. He wasn't the armorer. He didn't. He. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pick on the armorers. But what happens is, after about four, or three or four like little bursts, I, I pull the trigger and the gun just keeps firing and I can't. It won't stop. And the the entire um, trigger apparatus falls off the gun huh. and it's still firing. Boom, 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 boom. And so I reach up to grab the. Uh, I, I didn't know what to do. So the first thing I did was reach up to to grab the source. The uh, the the barrel just keep it down oh, there's a hundred people behind us and the thing is starting to sw- move off to the right and i reach over to grab it but in a split second out of nowhere chris reached in and he he snapped off the ammo yeah which i didn't even know you could do he did that so fast i, I couldn't believe it but yeah, i've never seen that happen obviously i was not aware it could happen he he it happened he reacted within a millisecond snapped it off and then uh kind of sent me to uh to to a, a, a different tent while he tore some ass. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and, and he imagine. did. But I, it was amazing to me how quick that was. That's just one of, like, I probably have 30 examples in just our little period of time together in six weeks where he did something like that. You know, it was unbelievable. You know, I'm jumping out of helicopters with him, linking up at 55 feet below the chopper, getting dropped into a moving Zodiac over the water. You know, we're, and, he, and of course, he's, he dicks around with you because he's Chris. Oh, yeah. And, and we're so, you know, we know that if the chopper goes down, we are attached to the chopper. They're like, you know, this thing's going to act like a lead weight, so you've got to get out. You know, you guys got knives on you. Chris is like, I got a knife right here. And I, was, and I looked at him, I go, you're going to cut me out first, right? And he goes, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Never stop thinking that. <laughs> no matter what happens, even if you see me cut myself off first. <laughs> So, yeah, that was the best thing about Chris. I mean, he's always remember if there's a reason why country boys exist. The thing about Chris yes, is, man, is when we're out here and doing what we do, we out in the woods running around and the hunting we do is to teach us, I don't want to say patience, but discipline to sit in certain spots for certain periods of time. Oof. What he could do is he he could sit on that glass, on those binos, and he would just watch all day. Like his, his eyes didn't get tired. 
They were designed True. for kind of a specific reason. And all that Winnie, the coolest stuff we get to do. I mean, it's unbelievable. The helicopters jumping into the boats and the water. And, and they're, they're, I mean, they call us sixth graders with guns for a reason. But we're <laughs> kind of disciplined in the fact that we're all watching out for each other. And the hard, the better we watch out for each other, the more we get to do. The minute we start having too much fun by ourselves is is when it's a problem. And then each guy is designed to watch out for each guy's back. So like when that gun jumps off like that, that happens a lot. And anytime anything starts getting away from you, always remove the source. That's what that is. Yep. That thing starts jumping, man, just grab that the link and and remove the source. But he uh he had a, a crazy ability. But he he was. He's just as down home as you could get. And in between all that that chaos that we're in, man, we 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 always had to debrief each other. Like we got to tell ourselves what we did wrong and what we did right. We always do that at the end of every day. And then that gives you the gift of gab. That's how you learn to talk. Because a lot of times, most people are just clammed up because they don't know what to say or how to say it. But in reality, that's what you're supposed to do. Just say whatever it is that's on your head, even if it comes out and you don't know if it makes sense or not. That's what everyone else is for. They'll kind of put it together. And that's why we're so yeah. proficient. <laughs> well, that's it. That's awesome. Uh, and, uh, and and that's some of what I learned. You know, I'm, uh, I'm used to being a team player and, and looking out for players. But uh, when you're, it was just he was my, you know, my battle buddy, my guy out there. And and there was another time we were on, uh, we were firing. And after he was going to take his targets down, I was to take my targets down. But he had said to me, like, get on this log when we get here. Um, of course, he didn't want me on the log while he was on the log because he was shooting. And uh, but he was shooting first, and I thought I'd just get a little jump on it and get on the log. Well, guess what? I screwed up. I got on the log while he was there, and he made it made him miss a shot or two, and he in no uncertain terms told me to get off the log. <laughs> oh. and I did, and I did, and then uh, and then he put down his targets, and then it was my turn. Uh, and we talked about it afterwards. <laughs> and, and I promise you, that would never ever happen to me again. <laughs> Not a chance, but just such a great guy and such a, you know, you know, it's so funny. One point in time we were getting down to the finals and he goes, he turns to me, he's like, listen, if we make the finals, he goes, he goes, listen, we better make the finals. And it was up to me, like in a shootout, it was like a shootout. And he goes, he goes, listen, we better make the finals. Cause if we make the finals, my wife comes in uh-huh. and yeah. if we don't make the finals, she doesn't come in. And yeah. I was like, Roger that. We're making the finals. Yeah. <laughs> and y'all were, y'all were going to win a I, I knew car I was in trouble if we didn't make it. What's that? Wasn't the prize for the winner like a, a Ford, like a truck or something? Oh, it was a truck. It was a big old brand new truck, and it was uh, um, it was a big old brand new truck. But every time we won something, we put like half a million dollars towards uh, charity. So everything was charities. Um, all the money was going to charity yeah. um, as you went on um, and, you, and, and your chosen charities. And then uh, at the end, uh, another big chunk of money would go to your chosen charity. And then, and then you also get a nice, a nice truck. And we were driving around in, in Ford Raptors and things like that. And um, that's where I fell in love with the Ford Raptor. And uh, that was, what, 12, 13 years ago. Man, that's what that, I drive right now. Those Raptors are, are, Raptor. are nice. They're so yep, nice. Yep, that's what I got. I mean, I Melanie, so much. Melanie has a few sisters, a bunch of them. A couple of them drive those, and then are, are so. <laughs> yeah, my sisters I like dig the, that. The, yeah. Oh my, yeah. My little sisters drive. Uh, Paul had one. Yeah, there's a few guys rolling around in them. Yeah, we love the Raptor. I'll tell you what. If I see, if I drive by a group, well, first of all, you don't you don't see that in L.A. very often. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but if I, I noticed that by too. And I see a, if I see a beautiful woman in a Raptor. I might look just a little bit longer. Oh, hey, 
I, if, ladies, if y'all don't know that, like when we see y'all roll past in our in a truck, when my wife drives my truck, comes rolling up, that's I don't know what that is, man, but it's just well, yeah, it's just something like that grabbing a hold of something massive power, and <laughs> there's something to it, absolutely. There is something. Well, I can grab a hold of you. You do, baby. That's what I'm talking about. You got my attention. Hook, line, sinker. When you come rolling up that first time, I was like, yeah, that's mama right there. Oh <laughs> my gosh. So we don't want to keep you super long, but we want to hear like your greatest never quit story. What like whether it was in acting or in real life or whatever it is. Well, you know, it's so hard because I mean, there's I can tell you a hundred of them in, in a sense, and I don't know if it's the greatest never quit. I mean, I don't have any story, and a very few people, if anybody has a story the, uh, like Marcus's. But I mean, you know, when when you come out and like I said, I I got to the NFL and. Um, I was there playing professional football. It's the apex of what I had been training for my whole life. It's the, the sport that I chose. And all of a sudden, it's, it's taken away in a weird way where I didn't feel like, you know, I was done by a long shot. And then um, within that next year and a half, you know, when I ended up having to sue them for an injury grievance and it was done, I realized, man, nobody cares anymore that I was a college All-American football player. Nobody cares that I went to Princeton and graduate. Nobody, because now I needed just a job. And I, I'm not at the top of anything anymore. I got to start over. And in acting, oh my God, there's no, in acting, and so I knew I wanted to work in the film world, but I didn't really take any of it, you know, as seriously enough until that moment when I realized, because I always thought I had football or something else to, to fall back on. And I didn't realize how much I identified my, myself with my ability to be athletic. I didn't realize that I, you know, that it was, you know, that I'm not that guy anymore. And that moment that hit, I was like, oof, you know, <clears throat> I got to start over as an actor now, and and, uh, and and nobody knows me, nobody cares about anything I've done, and I, I got to, you know, go do commercials and try to get commercials where here, here are you four dudes come walk in a room, take off your shirts, and pretend you're eating Doritos and dancing at a party. Go. <laughs> I'm like, well, that shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> That, that's kind of how I look at each stage in life, man, is, is, is acting training for a situation like, you want me to take my clothes off and eat Doritos? I can do that. I, 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 which bag of them? Because, I, I mean, that's not a thing. Is that, the, is that what this is? Because I can do that. You know what I mean? Like I said, if you try to overthink it. <laughs> I, was sitting, I was listening to Ron White the other day. He's like, last night I was sitting in a bing bad naked eating Cheetos. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of what it is where you want to see throughout life. You want to see how many never quit moments you can put yourself in, so you to make yourself so you won't quit. And oh yeah, and each one of them is stronger than the next one because you you get older. I mean, always look at it as time and rank. And I don't care if you're (laughs) twelve years old and and have read every book. That's uh, that's great. You all obviously now you got the instructions in there. Now you got to go road test it, and and that's completely different because we all do it differently. Retaining it's one thing. Body to mind is a, is another thing altogether, and that's the education. You don't really when when we're young, we keep our kids in buildings so they can stay safe, and we can focus them on the basics. Then after twelve, fifteen, or twenty years, however long you're in school, man, then you go out into the field, and it's like field exercises, and you only get one day. You have no idea if tomorrow's going to show, and yesterday's gone. So if, you know that's why they say seize the day, make it make it yours. Uh, a thousand, a thousand percent true.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And you know, that's the thing is, when you talk about never quit, that's the one thing that I try to instill in my son and to anybody when they start asking me about um, how do you succeed? How do you become a successful person? And my number one thing is persistence. Never quit. Right. Because, you know, the, if you don't quit, you eventually win. That's just, that's just the way it is. And it always has been that way. If you just keep chugging along, keep going, keep moving forward, you win. It's the people that, you know, that, 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 that give up, that's when you lose. So uh, that's how I, I, I try to live my life with never quit, 100%. And that is, if, if people were asking me, you know, is it, what's, the, what's your number one reason for being successful? Is it because you, you know, grew up in Hollywood? Is it because you know so much about this or that or you went to press? No, it's never quit. It's be persistent. Persistence, persistence, persistence. Never get up. That's the reason that I've been successful, and that's the reason I'll, I'll be successful again in the future. That's, just, that's it. I impart that on my kid and on anybody who asks me, and a lot of people ask me, you know, what does it take to make it? It takes whatever you got and never quit. Right. And then the other component that people are like, how do you get the respect and you get this? I was like, all right, that and show up on time Just show up on time. Even if you don't do anything the whole time you're there, if you're always the one that's there on time, people will notice that and then start standing mm-hmm. around. Some people, like, the, the, eventually there'll be something that needs to be done and be like, Hey, Hey, do that. And then you do, they see you do one thing and you just kind of build your reputation and it just kind of follows you through that. And at no point in time, and there's that saying is trust in the Lord with all your heart and soul. You know why I say that? It's because look at every version of yourself before the one you're sitting in now so you're the perfect version of your your moms and your dads living out this moment and if you had to earn your way back up there imagine you had to go through every cycle of life at least once and i'm talking about sleeping on the streets as a beggar or leaving living in the castle as the king and you had to literally cycle through every single one of those and if you just never quit never got down on yourself no matter how bad it gets no matter how crazy it gets if you knew that was the game like you're testing yourself, like, all right, this time I come down, I'm going to do this. And I'm, I'm just going to go through it and take it no matter what. No matter what happens, what they, what they put on me, what kind of disease I get. Maybe I look at it like that's the burden I had to carry this time around to earn my place among them. 
And mm-hmm. when you look at it and, and step it back as, as that, and this is the playing field down here, then it's not a hindrance. It's not a, uh, a defect. You know, it's kind of like uh, he took the cross for us. Now you're supposed to run with it. So mm-hmm. I mean, you, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So uh, back in the day, people run around saying they're Jesus, man. He's already been here. They already, he, he took the cross, right? So now we're out down here running our asses off, trying to see how far we can pull that for him. And, and if you, I mean, if you step back and look at your whole problems and, and everything that's sitting in front of you as just your little piece of weight to carry, no matter what that is, carry it with pride because ultimately you've been tapped with it and they wouldn't, they wouldn't drop anything on you that you couldn't handle. That's just the way it is. Damn right. See, I love that perspective. What does your son want to do? Nothing. He doesn't know. <laughs> He's a college kid. I don't want to do anything. <laughs> He wants to hang out with his girlfriend right now. Uh, um, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. But if you I hang agree. out there the whole He's time, done. she'll get tired of you because you, 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 <laughs> you won't be able to do anything for her. She get, you know, so think about that. And, exactly. And, and, exactly. I mean, you, hey, look, so the he, beautiful thing about this is you're going to get bit on either end. Like you can say, oh, I'm going to be a good dude. I'm going to be so good, walk around with a smile on my face, and they'll be like, man, there's that idiot with the smile always on his face. You know what I mean? So, I mean right. Yeah. Throw a little <laughs> attitude in there every now and again, and, and you'll be fine. Because if you try to do one thing so much, well, then that just gets boring. I mean, we're all imperfect for a reason. No matter what you think, your imperfection fits into a bigger puzzle. If everyone was perfect, there wouldn't be a puzzle. You got to smash right. that thing up into a million pieces and then watch each piece make its way back to the center of it and, and put itself back together. And that's what we are. Kind of like the puzzle pieces, finding our way back to the perfect puzzle. And that only, that takes time. Uh, the only way you smash out, and there's really no such thing as imperfections. It's kind of what you learn throughout it. And uh, man, just never get down on yourself and work harder than, than, than everyone else. If everybody's trying to... Mm-hmm. Work, work harder than everybody else with each other, man. You'd be surprised how much we get done. Oh, insane. Incredible. Uh, my kid, he, uh, he, does, uh, he actually does have an idea. He, likes, he loves video games like all the other kids. So he's actually majoring in video game design, oh, that's which is neat. pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm glad it exists, and he loves doing it. And, and then, uh, you know, maybe he'll create, you know, uh, the next Fortnite or something like that. And, how and Dad awesome can just would retire. that be? <laughs> Hey, we, we give me your address. We'll, we'll send some money over just to. <laughs> yeah, we'll invest in it. <laughs> That's awesome. He's, he's in school over at High Point University in uh, in North Carolina, and, yeah. and actually, the makers of, of of Fortnite, Epic Games, is nearby, and he gets a chance to pitch them as part of his uh, program. So oh, we'll see wow. what happens. We, you never know. Sure. Well, we'll be praying for him. I mean, look at if you kid, check this out. Like, I remember when we were kids. And your parents tried to get you into an engineering class where you had to look at something and draw everything. And people be like, I mean, nobody wanted to do that. You know, play with a football. And then, right. I mean, in moderation, right? But when you see them, I was listening to somebody talking about the Fortnite. And it was like, hey, this guy literally did this. He goes, this thing is so addicting that it's making the kids, check it out. It literally makes them play until they receive a reward. Okay, and then after the reward, they have to go out and challenge themselves and work to put something else together. It separates them, and they're all over the place. They spend time by themselves, and then they achieve this goal, and they all get back together, and it's a big, you know, it makes you feel good. I'm like, oh, well, all right. My perspective, that sounds like a pretty good thing, right? You work your ass off, and <laughs> yeah. you, get a, you get a reward, right? I mean, they're building stuff in there. They're characters, their avatars. If you look at your kid's avatar, it probably tells you what's going on inside of him. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, if you're sitting there playing, look. If you're worried about your kid playing that video game too long, sit down there and play with him. 
Because then he'll be like, he doesn't want to play with dad. He's like, man, I'm going to go find something else. I think I'm going to go clean the kitchen. <laughs> dad, dad's up here every time I'm on this game. Because I can be on a video game all damn day. You know, I, I, great. Yeah, exactly. I went, I, me and my buddies went out there and made and gave you the product to make the game. So, uh, you know, I ain't got a problem sitting back. You know, you watching Superman and me playing a war game, whatever. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, just as yeah, long I, as play they, with, I play with them all day long. Yeah. I'm happy to do that. Right? That's awesome. I mean, don't go out there and watch kids play. Get out there and play with them. It literally gives you an Like, if you look over and you got you see some dad dressed up in a freaking frozen dress, playing in the mud you, you, with his kids, you literally like, oh, look at that special dad. But if his kids weren't there, yep. you'd be like, look at this freaking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> He's dressed up in a dress, playing in the mud. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, uh, all right, how... <laughs> it's, it's funny how we... Uh, when you how you put things in perspective like that, but it's, you know, it's kind of true. That's what that does. Your kid's the next version of you and all the doors are shut. So you literally get to chase yourself through life, uh, seeing what's going to happen. Agreed a hundred percent. And I don't see anything more, more special or honorable than, than being a parent. I've never done anything in my life. That's been, uh, more difficult, but more rewarding. And I know it's cliche to say that, but it's absolutely a hundred percent true. Cause I, I'm a single father. I've raised him, uh, on my own since he was nine and, and oh, had wow. half the time before that. That's awesome. Yeah, it is, man. Uh, yeah, no, they'll teach you more about yourself than, than uh, you could ever learn from, from anybody else. It's like kind of looking into a mirror, watching that happen. And uh, oh, yeah, I mean, you got to think about it. Guys like me exist because back in the day, some fool decided not to be a dad and one of them cubs got out of line and started hurting people. So, I mean, the most dangerous thing on this planet is an undisciplined human mind. And, a, and, and a teenage boy. They're armed with a nuclear warhead. If they run around, you know, lighting that thing off <laughs> in the bunker, so to speak, you, you're going to have a lot of problems running around. I mean, that, that's yeah. just the way it is. So uh, if if you're going to pair up match, and bring yourself into it, man, you, it's uh, you got to train that thing. It's funny when they you get these young parents that don't know how to train their, the kids and some bad stuff happens, and we go in there and they take the kid away from the parents. Man, you need to go in there and take the parents and live with them. No kidding. I mean, it's, it's like, wait a minute, that doesn't even sound right. If they're not good parents, we teach the parents how to be parents, not the kids how to not have parents. That doesn't even make sense sometimes. Absolute truth. You know what I mean? I was thinking about that the other truth. day. I was like, why would you separate them? That's the problem. They don't know how to live together. Teach them that. Damn truth. You know, it, it, I, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, my kid. Well, I, the, I changed my whole life for my son. Um, I changed it because we fought a nasty custody battle, his mother and I, and um, and then uh, I ended up with joint custody, and it was a lot of money. I mean, millions of dollars, no joke. And uh, it was horrible, and I couldn't take any job outside of L.A. And the fact that I was an actor was working against me, but I still had to make huge payments for child support, and it was an awful situation. Uh, and then I ended up eventually having full custody of him, but I still wouldn't take, I wouldn't take any series. I wouldn't do any series. And I turned down more than I can even talk about. Um, and, uh, and I wouldn't do any show that shot outside of L.A. I wouldn't do anything that wasn't an ensemble. I wouldn't do any movie that took more than three weeks to shoot. So I had all of these parameters on me um, because my number one uh, job was to be a parent to this kid and not be an absentee parent. Yeah. So I, I stuck it out. He, just, he literally just started college six months ago. So for the first time in, in, in 20 years, I can take any job. I can do anything. Congratulations. And I'm still not quite – haven't got my head wrapped around it. Well, Sounds you know, like you know that's what? your never-quit cool. story. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah you it know, might you, very well be. I think it is. I grew up with a single dad, and I can tell you that I'm 40 now, and he will always be your best friend. Oh, he is my favorite human bar none. <laughs> hey, you know why, no you know why the, the custody battles are so gnarly and the money and everything? You know why that is? 
Because there's really no such thing as joint custody. When you have that kid, you're jointly custody. I mean, that's right there. That's, you, and when you go through the divorce, the money and all that, they take all that and make you go through all that to make sure that and take it away from you. Because we're gonna, have, they'll have to use it to in case they got to use it to, to educate the kid themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, all right. And the more you, you guys try to separate, we'll you know we'll take it from you, take it from you. Because if you didn't, all that money would go straight to the kid. It's gonna go there anyways. They'll either take it away right. from you and then give it back to them on the back end, or you won't ever see it. Like, all right, you wanted to get in here, but you want to get out of this bad enough. We'll we'll make you go through this. That's why that's so difficult. That's kind of like the people's what? way of saying, "Are you guys sure?" Because you have a kid that you want to separate. Because now, I don't, I've been through custody you know battles, I mean? and it's a bitch. Yeah, it is not. Anything that's why you kind of like before you do through. all that, you better like, <laughs> hey, look, we, before we best case scenario this, let's see what happens. You know, why don't we worst case scenario? It? Like, all right. We get all this, what happens, and you don't think about that. No one ever does, but there's a reason for that, and uh, you know it's it's kind of it's just the way it is. Our people and everybody around us have a funny way of telling you and showing you what's right and what's wrong without even having to say anything, and that's that's why that is the way it is. I wouldn't change a thing that I've done, and it's funny because you know you take the slings and arrows from people on social media or in life. Are you still acting? You know, blah blah. Well, yeah, I, I just chose to be a father first. And, and, and do other things while I'm raising my son. I'm a father first, and then my career comes after that. Obviously, there has to be a balance in there, but it's really interesting to me to see people go like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I haven't seen you on a series since, you know, Ripley's, or whatever. that's because I won't do one, because I'm a dad, and that's the number one thing for me. And, and, I, and it bums me out when I don't hear other people say that or, or act that way. You know, there are people who – I mean, there was somebody who got on uh, one of the award shows the other day and was – talking about the fact that she had an abortion and that's the reason it was great for her to be able to have her job and blah 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 and i was like i, I just don't see that yeah that doesn't make any sense to me it's so no. crazy right and i mean and well, you're doing good over here yeah, yeah. hey look at it also in, our, in the cycle of kind of life as we're going through this i mean look at this you can't look at this as a stage to, to show ourselves hey this is what happens if we if we can't get along with our other significant other and and uh we break apart to raise a family I mean, next generation in time, they'll look back like we always do. And that's why we look back on history and be like, hey, there was a time when the women and the men weren't, when they wouldn't stay together. And this is what, what it produced. And then we'll, we'll correct it. And, and that's, that's, that's what we do. But and families fight. I mean, husbands and wives fight, and they just, that's the way it is. So each well, segment produces for, another. What you've done for your son shows your honor, and that's going to last more than being on any series or anything else because the honor of fatherhood and just being a parent is more important than anything. Oh yeah. It's all whether they turn out. I mean, you put the time in on them. That's it. It's not, you know, man and woman, husband, wife, they're not going to get along all the time. But if they put all that effort into the child and they turn out right, then that's, that's, that's the promise. That's why you make that covenant. You know, you're going to get together and we're going to do this. And ultimately it's the, what you brought in. Because if you don't raise it, something else will. How do, how do you want that to turn yeah. out? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, we love yeah. what you're doing. Is there anything we can promote for you? Uh, sure. I always have a whole bunch of projects going on. I mean, I have a, I have a, a, sh a film that's about to come out. I started making documentaries a couple of years ago about real, real life stuff. Um, we did a, a first documentary on uh, um, the, uh, the um, Armenian genocide. Uh, it took place way back in uh, 1915 to like 1923. Uh, went to Armenia and interviewed all kinds of folks and Syrian Armenians who were displaced and people from Aleppo and all over the place, and and then talked about how how things happened in that 
whole world and why it was denied. And, and now we've, what's been amazing is we've got a couple of uh, resolutions through the Senate and through the House now recognizing the Armenian genocide. It's a pretty big deal for us. Um, so that was really cool to do. And then we've done another one now that comes out. Um, I'm actually headed to Florida tomorrow uh, to screen it at a film festival. It's called uh, Hate Among Us, and it deals with the rise of anti-Semitism here in the United States and and throughout Europe, why it exists and how to recognize it and just to educate people that it's happening so much. I mean, we could very easily have done one on uh, the hate for Christians throughout um, throughout uh, Europe and the Middle East and so on and so forth, because it's unbelievable there's no group as persecuted throughout the world right now as Christians. So that may be our next one. So we're doing this one here on anti-Semitism, and it's called Hate Among Us, and uh, it should come out uh, very, very soon. Awesome. And how do people find you on social media? Ah. Uh, well, on Twitter, I'm at Real Dean Kane, and uh, on Instagram, you have to excuse the name. My son gave it to me back in the day. It's Deuces1966. Deuces, <laughs> like C-E-S, and like, you know, Deuces, and uh, 1966. Yes, that's my birth year. I'm old. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man, I, I actually say that. I, like, when my buddies and I are leaving each other, we're like, hey, Deuces. <laughs> you know, peace, right? That's, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. it. <laughs> yeah. Deuces. Well, we love what you're doing and what you stand for. And any way we can support you, always hit us up. Likewise. Tremendous respect for you guys. Uh, a pleasure to know, you know, there is a real-life Spider-Man. And, uh, <laughs> Likewise, brother. <laughs> always good. And, we get to uh, hang anything out. Anything I can do, anytime. Let me know. All right, man. God Thank bless you. you. Yep, good job. God bless you guys. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Great job, brother. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. All right, guys, you know what time it is. It's that time where we share a listener story. You guys have went to our website. You left your story for us to read. It's fun to be able to hear what you guys are going through, what has inspired you to never quit, and, and that's super encouraging for us, and that's why we do this every week. So let's get to it. Michael writes, I wish this was more incredible. Nothing will ever sound as badass when you're sharing it with two Navy SEALs. I was about six years into my martial arts training, and it was time for my second-degree black belt testing. It was located at a regional testing facility in front of a board of high-ranking instructors and masters in the association. 
I ended up blanking out during my form, screwing up my board breaks, and failed my testing. This happened in front of my instructors, my friends, classmates, parents, you name it, they were probably there watching. I was absolutely crushed and devastated. I wanted to quit, never show my face again. After a few days of sitting and thinking, I knew I couldn't give up. I couldn't quit. I began training hard every day and working my tail off. Six months later, I came back to that testing in front of the same people and destroyed the test. Did fantastic. I was promoted in front of all the same people that I failed in front of last time. I was extremely proud of myself and the team that helped me achieve my goal. Currently, I'm a second degree and instructor at my school in Michigan. Thank you guys and have a good week, Mike. Man, I remember those days, brother. When you're kind of going through the testing, especially when it comes to martial arts, it's uh, that it gets you. That's why the yin and yang is there. It's the to ride the dark energy and the light energy. Both wolves fighting at the same time. In order to understand the defense, you'd have to understand the offense. Bruce Lee talked about being like water, so you can't contain that. You can hold it in a cup, and it's the most powerful element on the world. It gives you life, and then it can destroy you. Look at back in the day when you put a white belt on. If you worked out a long time, eventually it gets dirty. It turns yellow. And then, you know, then dirtier it goes orange and then green as you're going up there through the ranks. A black belt is, is just a master of the basics. You know enough to get your ass whipped. That's what, <laughs> I mean, as soon as you get that thing wrapped around you, that's the worst thing because you're like, oh, I'm confident now. Well, if, if you never got a setback, you can't look at it like that. It's, during the testing, it's kind of a, to see where you're at in the phase. Back in the day, man, it was just life. Like you just kind of gradually went through it. But, it's important to have those because it lets you know what you need to work on, what you don't. And if you don't fail, then you're not, you didn't really learn anything. And that's how the martial science works. It's body and mind. In order for your mind to learn, your body has to fail. And if you don't do that and you don't understand it in that capacity, well, that's part of it too. You're not supposed <laughs> I mean, that's the beautiful thing about it. You're not supposed to until you get older. And ultimately, look at a, at a martial art as the perfect offensive defense was to never throw a punch. If you spit your whole time, Instead of trying to work open a window to where you can throw a punch or a kick, if you just waited for something to come in and literally slapped it out of the way. That's what I teach my kids in the beginning. I don't teach them how to throw punches or anything like that. I just teach them how to slap my hands down. And if nobody can grab you or touch you or, or I mean, getting slapped and punched, that's one thing. But if they physically can't get their hands on you, then that's defense. A lot of people learn all that stuff so they can get, look good in a fight. And that's okay, too. You know, some of, our, some of us are made differently. That's why we ask prize fighters. I mean, that's about as cardinal as they get. But if you are like that, I mean, if you follow that path, at no point in time do you step off of it. And if you're a true warrior, if you're in that condition, then you, you want to fail. The whole, matter of fact, the whole time. That's the point. The whole time, man, it's just like to temper steel. Blades, you know, sharpen blades. The more you get hit, your body reacts to it and it gets harder and, and tempers. I mean, imagine your arm like a hammer and they're a ball peen hammer because those knuckles are like the end of a hammer the more you hit it the more dense it gets and the more power it has that's why you can actually swing that thing around and kill somebody imagine hitting somebody with a hammer with 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 four heads on the end of it so as you go through that and you harden yourself you lighten your soul that's how that works so you don't use it but there's a middle point there when those are coming together that you have to and if you don't then you miss the point so don't ever get down on yourself or look at yourself as that was some kind of defect just look at it like you just got harder and keep going, man. Never quit. You're doing it. Thanks for writing in. Yeah, I mean, I think the old saying, practice makes perfect, is proves it here. You did it one time, even though you didn't pass it, you have to get back on the horse and try it again, and then you prove to yourself that you can do it. Yeah. It's perfected, just like she said. Not perfect. 
<laughs> there's a, that's, that's people screw that up. Like, I'm trying to just perfect this, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to get perfect at it because the minute you do that, somebody will want to change it. Yeah. Well, everybody that succeeds fails first. So yeah. you've got to keep on trying and proud of you. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for sharing your story. If you guys want to share your story with us, we love to read them. You can head over to teamneverquit.com slash podcast. Got a share your story button in the, in the navigation. You can actually share your story. You can read a ton of stories. It's a great way for us to uh, motivate each other and to encourage each other around us. Have you ever noticed why the first part of success sucks? It's written there. It's right there. It's right there. It says it sucks. I mean, that's that's just that's just how it is, man. I mean, <laughs> if you're looking for that, the whole part of it's good. That's the ride. What a cool interview today with Dean, Superman. That was awesome. What do you guys think? My favorite part about him is how awesome of a dad he is. And I follow him on Instagram so I can see his love for his son too. And I just, I think that that, to me, that's the best quality anybody can have is to be, to have a close family. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's some of them, those guys out there. We, we, we have one, man. Richard Tanner, he's, he's, we're growing up, he was kind of our wild bull, man. You always had a good time, no matter where we're at. I, Mel and I were in Paris one time. I walked down into the bar where they didn't even speak English. And there was a circle around this dude, and everyone was laughing and having a great time just because of how much fun he was having. I mean, you got to think if something's laughing that hard, it doesn't care if, what language it is, man. They're yeah. going to show up. Yep. You know what I mean? And uh, as wild as he was in that capacity, the minute he had a kid, he went and sh- shifted into Super Dad. Yep. And, and some of them guys are, are, are like that. Up until that very point, they'll act a certain way, and then when that kid gets on the ground, they turn around. So for you single dads out there who kind of running that line, good on you. 100%. Yeah, and the fact that he was just selfless and was like, I'm going to turn down work to be able to to focus on being a dad. Like mm-hmm. That's work. That's work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, that was, I think he's so awesome. I mean, yes, he's Superman. Yes, he's done some really cool shows, and he persevered, like going to Princeton and playing football. And, all. you know, his whole story is really cool, but to me, my favorite part is the dad that he is. Yeah. that's a, I mean, if you look back at a perfect or not perfect run, but a fun run. I mean, all the football, Stanford, acting, then ultimately to the end where he's raising um, his kid back up. So, good on him. If you guys want to be the first one to know when we drop new episodes, you need to make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can press the purple subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or on any other major podcast player to be notified the moment we release a new episode. We drop new episodes every Wednesday. Make sure to share the episode with a friend. We're a top 100 podcast on iTunes. Uh, we love that. We love that you guys have helped us do that every week. So make sure to keep on uh, uh, listening. We love you guys. That's on purpose, too. We're not, not top 10 or 20. We're top 100. We top 100, want, yeah, we want to be. Yeah, we want to give some other people So if you don't ever chance. see us down there at number one, that's on purpose. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, we like hanging back here in the back. We catch the stragglers. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, guys. See you next week. We're out. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.